Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn. And today I'm going to take a little detour from our usual history and discuss a subject which is first and foremost with me, the art of storytelling. I think each of us has a story to tell. It might take the form of a book, a short story, a blog, a magazine article, a script, a life story, a graduation speech, or a corporate morale booster, or who knows, even a podcast. How many times in your life have you said to yourself, man, I've got to write a book? Back in 2019, I lucked out and I was granted an interview with the then new author Veronica Hinkey, who had just released her new book, The Last Night on the Titanic, which was and is a fascinating, well-researched, and brilliantly told story of the last dinner on the Titanic. She made the lives of hundreds of people, from the chefs to the passengers in the steerage, come alive for me. And beyond that, she painted a touching portrait of the passing of an era. In researching and writing that book, she not only gave us an historic treasure, she provided a galley full of the actual meal and drink recipes that were enjoyed on the floating palace, which was the Titanic, and in many cases, the people who created them. For what's a good food story without people? Like many of us, Veronica had dreamt of writing a book for decades. Then, just a few years ago, she turned that dream into a reality, combining her extensive culinary experience with her background in journalism. She now teaches and encourages others to take the leap into the world of storytelling, and she's the perfect person to seek out as a coach. She created a series of workshops that can help you navigate your storytelling path, be it writing, podcasting, or public speaking. And if anybody can coach you to the finish line, she can. She's been seen and published in Forbes, Wine Enthusiast, The Chicago Trib, Newsweek, The New York Post, C-SPAN, USA Today, Men's Health, and more, but you get the idea. Veronica, it's great to have you with us today. It is really great to be here with you again, John. I'm so happy that we were able to get together today to talk. Veronica, I'm hoping you can share a little bit about your background, which I find fascinating, maybe starting out as a kid growing up in northern Wisconsin, and then telling us what route you took to becoming a first-class storyteller. You know, my story is one that I hope other people can hear and think about their own lives and what they can do with their own stories. And that's one of what one of my classes is about. But yes, I grew up in northern Wisconsin and my book uh, ended up including, but you know, I wanted to include and I did include information about uh, something that really had a huge impact on me as a kid. And we all have that, you know, that, that one story that our um, relatives told us or friends told us about that we always were curious about. And in many ways, it can define your life. It can be something that you continue to to study all throughout your life. Um, you might um, be so impacted by a story that you name your kids after someone like Popcorn Dan, who was the, hmm. the man that mm-hmm. his story aboard the Titanic was so interesting to me. My grandfather told me about the story my my father had heard about it and what was so fascinating to me is that i grew up in a a very small town at the time wausau wisconsin and you might might remember the old um employers insurance commercials where they showed the wausau train station yep usually every night after 60 minutes and sometimes you see paper products in 
restrooms that have Wassa papers on them. You'll you'll notice that a lot in public restrooms. So I grew up in Wassa, lots of paper mills and uh, at the time, and it was really a place where if you, you know, back then in the 1970s, if you went to, if you were a family that went to Disney World, everybody was talking about it. It was such a big thing to go to Florida or California and hear this man who had lived 50 years earlier had gotten to uh, travel aboard the Titanic. And I always thought, how did that happen? You know, we, we, we get excited here when someone at that time goes to uh, Mount Rushmore. That's where I went as a kid. Um, and that was a huge trip back then. It was amazing, you know, and nobody flew. We all drove. And so I thought, how did this man get onto the Titanic? So that curiosity, that wonderment in me really made me start researching. And I researched for many years about Dan Coxon, this man that traveled from uh, Merrill, Wisconsin, and he was a popcorn vendor. Um, he had a, an arm that wasn't fully operational. It was a shriveled arm and had some, he had a, a, some kind of, I don't know if it was an accident, if he, he was born that way, but he didn't let that slow him down. And that really intrigued me even more how, uh, you know, someone who could have easily not followed in the path of his dreams went on to do things that he really always wanted to do. He was from London originally, and he was going home to visit family. And one of the things he wanted to do was to learn about Usher uniforms so that he could try to open the first movie theater hmm. in hmm. central Wisconsin. So um, to give you a little context there, uh, boy, how inspiring is that? You know, someone doing all that. So we all have those people in our lives. You, you, you might not think about it till you stop and, and make yourself think about it, but each of us has someone that we can look to from our childhood stories, from where we grew up. Everyone has a story inside of them. And it's just a matter of taking the time to think about it if you need to, or asking more questions to try to find out more about uh, the people in history that you knew about as heard about as a kid. I'm very anxious for you to share what you do with your workshops. But first, I'd like you to take us a little bit more through your career path and how you added experience and how you worked your way toward finally putting together that first novel. You know, John, I always tell people when they're new to a community, the, and they don't know what they want to do for a job, if they're not quite sure of their career path, uh, one of the best jobs I ever had was working as a community journalist for the Pioneer Press community newspapers here in the Chicago area. Um, and now they're the suburban Chicago Tribune newspapers. Uh, I have met so many phenomenal people by interviewing them and hearing their stories and sharing them in my news stories. And I've done that my whole career, whether it's through uh, when I was a stringer with the New York Post. I, I worked for many years with uh, the Associated Press. That's where I really honed my journalistic uh, basics, the journalism basics that I share with others in my workshop about um, journalism lives. Um, all the basics through um, AP style to journalism, law and history and so forth. 
I always tell people that because you get to know people when you're new to a community, when you're a reporter or, or whether you're freelancing or on staff, you're going to get to know about people and places and events and programs and projects by writing about them. There's, and there's no better way to connect with people. So that those were the, some of the uh, things that I was able to do. I've been very blessed in my career. Many years ago, I, I pitched a story to Wine Enthusiast magazine. And I knew that the anniversary, the 100th anniversary of the Titanic was going to be the following year. It was the anniversary, of course, was in 2012. And so a year earlier, I had already pitched. I'd already started researching and uh, I was able to find some uh, data that had been pulled by Premier Exhibitions at the time was managing the artifacts from the Titanic resting place at the bottom of the ocean. And I found some data about the wines and the the spirits, uh, the, the uh, alcohol that was aboard because they found the bottles. Some of them were still intact. Some still had the corks in them. They told us so much about uh, what life was like that last night in the Titanic, what they would have been drinking. My research skills that I was able to, to utilize to find that information, I don't know that I would have had those skills had I not been working in journalism for many years uh, in those capacities that I just mentioned. So I try to, to scale down and pull out those key skills and share them in my workshops with people so many people want to learn about how they can write a book. Everyone I talk with seems to have a dream to write a book. And so many people uh, have been able to learn more through the workshops, especially the workshop that involves where people share their chapters and portions of chapters with other students in the class and they receive feedback about their book and where it's headed. And uh, those have been really helpful to people. Now, the way I see it, you've got four workshops. Is that right? Yes. One's called Research. The second one called, is called Journalism Lives. One is called Find Your Voice, Write Your Story. And the other one's called Group Review. Okay. The workshops are really beneficial in helping people learn about themselves. Okay. And I've seen people experience personal growth in, um, you know, when we talk about memoir writing, what is your story? What things happened in your life that made a difference? We'll return to our interview with Veronica Hinkey right after these sponsor messages. And now back to our show. Veronica, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to share a little bit about what you've learned from your road of life and your career that you actually do share in your workshops, starting with research. Oh, thanks for asking, John, because I love research. That's my favorite part of uh, storytelling. And uh, one of my editors, years ago, I worked with an editor who had a class that she taught that I participated in. And I'll never forget, she said, if you don't know what to write, it's because you haven't done enough research. You need to go back. You need to do more interviews. You need to get better quotes. You need to go back to newspapers.com and look for something really compelling. 
And when you think about it, John, every time we're stumped in our writing mission, whatever we're working on, whatever our writing project, every time we're stumped in our writing project, it's because we don't have enough material. (laughs) We need to talk with one more person. We need to go and get one more quote, ask one more question. Uh, I've connected with people through Facebook for information about some of their relatives or recipes. Social media is a wonderful way to do that. And newspapers.com is really helpful. I always say that if I could spend an hour on newspapers.com, I would come up with a story idea with you know at least two or three compelling pieces of information on almost any topic. I could probably pull enough together in one hour to write a book. It's so amazing to go back and look at those newspaper clippings from years ago that you, you can't see on Google. You cannot find those things on Google. So don't forget, it's there's more search engines and more platforms out there beyond Google that you can look at. And you don't always have to go to the Library of Congress or another library anymore to go through all that microfiche. You can look right online at a lot of that information. So you can do a lot right at home that we never could do before. It's amazing. We are living in an amazing time. And, you know, I, I go back to the years of the, the the coding system with the library. What was it called again? The Dewey Decimal System? Yes. You know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, you know, I still remember pulling out those drawers with the little cards on them. And um, everything is digitized now. So take advantage of that is what I tell people in the class. And and talk to people, you know, reach out to people through Facebook and through Instagram. They love to hear from you and they want to hear, you know, what you're working on. And they also want to share their story and information. So um, don't be afraid to reach out like that. And then that's a great point. Yes, it's it's I've I've actually stayed in touch with a dear friend in South Africa. And um, her name is Sonia Geyer. And I found her because I was looking for a recipe for tripe. Have you ever had tripe, John? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's actually pretty good when it's prepared right. It's intestines, isn't it? It's the stomach of a cow. Cow's yeah. stomach. And Sonia's grandmother had a wonderful tripe recipe. And she talked about it on Facebook. And I messaged her. I said, you know, I'm working on this book, The Last Night on the Titanic. Would you mind contributing your your recipe, your family recipe? Because I we don't have the recipes from the Titanic. We don't know what those chefs were working from because we don't have those recipes. Uh, so what I tried to do is find the recipes through people who would have been making similar things. And Sonia said, yes, definitely use the recipe. I would be glad to be part of the book. Uh, I tested it out like I tested out all the recipes in the book and it was fantastic it actually tasted really good and uh that's what they ate in third class tripe was on the menu um and you know so i i've stayed in touch with sonia we're in touch every day it's really been terrific we're both now members of the titanic book club and um she's just she's terrific so um, I follow her on Instagram. She she's a of course a you know world class chef and shares her recipes on Instagram. And 
So Sonia Geyer, a good example there of the research that you do can have so many benefits. It isn't just getting that information. It's meeting people and getting to know them. If you like people and like getting to know them, it wouldn't it's wouldn't be hard at all to put together a magazine pitch for a story or a book proposal because it's really in the, at the end of it it's all about the people. Yeah, and then you know oh we we talk in one of the workshops about finding your story and I've I've been telling you a little bit about that about how we all have that um, history from when we were little, the things that made us sit up and take notice and pay attention to uh, history. Those people, those stories, we talk about how to, you know, um, make those work for us and ways that we can uh, research and learn more about other people and also ourselves. In the, the uh, um, Find Your Story class, we talk about memoir writing, uh, you know, what are the biggest things that happened to you that never happened to anyone else? All of us have something like that where, you know, we have something that might have seemed commonplace to us, but it probably never happened to anyone else. So we just sort of take a, a deep dive into that in the class and looking at how to plumb those stories from our lives that we can tell that others would be able to learn from and be inspired by what challenges have you experienced and how did you overcome them? What steps did you take to address those? That's, that's a wonderful class. And then the uh, class about journalism is really special to me because there've been so many changes in journalism in the last 15 to 20 years. Uh, you know, how many times have you watched on TV and you've seen like, 1920s with an apostrophe and so i the reason the journalism lives class is so important is because so many more people are storytelling now on instagram facebook twitter everyone is telling the stories and it's so wonderful to see and i want people that are doing that to have an, an awareness of the history of where did storytelling where have we come from with storytelling? Uh, there used to be set hard and fast rules. Like you used to have to be really careful with your grammar and have an awareness of things that I learned in journalism school at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, I learned about legal issues that can be a concern for journalists. I learned about the history of journalism and uh, the people that really made a difference that helped us get to where we are today. And now we're at a place where there's so much citizen journalism that, uh, you know, I hope that everybody that's involved in that storytelling is aware of the past and who are the people that helped us get to where we are today. We also talk about, you know, one of my favorite lessons ever was from a journalism class was, get the name of the dog and the brand of the beer. And basically what that means is it's all in the details. It's, you want to provide as many details as you can. What I do with my work is when I'm done with a story, I go back and I sweep through and I look and I think in every sentence, what 
additional detail? Is there a location that I could add instead of just saying like Chicago? Could I say Lincoln Park or the zoo in Lincoln Park or the farm in the zoo in Lincoln Park? And I really try to drill down in every sentence on the details, how as detailed as you can get. That is the best way to connect with people. Yeah, that's what really set Hemingway apart. Uh, he had a, he had experience in journalism, and when he started to write his first book in the twenties, you could really tell that he was detail oriented like that, and it added a lot of realism to his writing. Uh, you, I've always credited him with his journalism experience for making him a, a great writer. Absolutely, that's a great example, John. And I always think of how it's a lot of work. It's not, it's, you can do a brush, a quick brush stroke job, but the more detail that you can provide, the better your story is going to be. If you can tell, like in my book, I tell the, the names that are on the cork on the bottles that were found at the, where the Titanic is at rest at the, at the bottom of the Atlantic ocean. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you're after when you're looking for details. And I think we could see more of that in the storytelling that we're seeing these days in Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, I love it when I see on Instagram where someone has included 10 photographs of the steps they took to make their pasta or dessert or, you know, whatever it is, the, all the different things that they did. Uh, photographs are really important. And we go over that in this class, this part of the class about uh, the history of photography. We talk about, where how uh, cameras have evolved now we're at a point where we have an iphone like i do that allows you to use a pano pano feature p-a-n-o it's a pano feature that allows you to scan just click one button at the bottom you know where you where you would go to click the photo icon you click pano and you can scan in a semicircle not quite but you know, close to a semicircle, and you can get this beautiful landscape shot. And why are photos are important? Because what? Why are photos important? Because it's so true that pictures speak a thousand words and probably mm -hmm. more. Uh, one of the things that really made a difference for me in deciding on who to work with for my website is my web designer is a fantastic photographer. Nichia Designs, and um, her photos were so beautiful. I was hoping that we could do some photography work and also in intertwine the photos into the website. Um, she is in Seattle, so we, we haven't been able to connect on her and I taking photographs yet, but uh, she really taught me the importance of taking good photos, because hers are fantastic. And um, sizing them the right way for your website. And we go into all that in the class, the ways to, um, you know, parlay old fashioned journalism, old school journalism with current day citizen journalism and how to apply that. One thing about your, your workshop, find your voice and write your story. That would be a good place, I think, for podcasters to go. And, and there's another area right there where people are finding their voice. I mean, that's, that's an example just in the past five or six years that has just boomed. And there's over 2 million podcasts out there right now. I don't know if you if you knew that. Are but, there really uh, over 2 million? 
that's that's an area where a lot of people's creativity uh, comes to bear, and they and they're out there. It's just you and that mic, and it's whoever's listening. There's a lot of people that are trying to get rich quick and finding out that that's uh, not an avenue for most people to get rich quick, but uh, it certainly is an avenue for expression. Group review. Tell me what goes on in your workshop in group review. The group review is really fun. We do a round-robin reading of each person's written work. And it's either a chapter or part of a chapter. Someone might come with just an, uh, an introduction or a, um, you know, a, a proposal to a, 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 a publisher. And we go through and each person has an opportunity to read to the rest of the group. And then after everyone is done reading their uh, written work, then we go around Robin and each person provides feedback. It's similar to a format that I experienced taking uh, a workshop through one of my great mentors, a wonderful uh, writing teacher, especially on memoir, Joyce Maynard. I took that class in her home. She used to have, um, she now has classes in Costa Rica, I believe it is, Lake Etchillen, I think it's pronounced, and she used to have classes in, in Mill Valley in the Bay Area, and that's where I took my class with her many years ago. Um, I, I wasn't really so set on writing a book always. I just wanted to, to be a really good storyteller, and it wasn't until recent years that I wanted to write a book. And then I think what happened for me was by coming up with all the research that I did, because I, I love to research, it just seemed like a natural next step to put the research into a book or a magazine article, which is what it's, my book started with, to have a place, have a home for that information. And I'm really happy about that. I really want to encourage people to pursue a book, you know, you work hard on research and interviewing people and you, you have, you know, wonderful results always. You always come up with great results from researching and to have a place where that, you know, can live into perpetuity is really fantastic. I also wanted to mention about um, in the research class, the interviewing process is so important. And John, I know you know about that because you're such a wonderful interviewer and this is the second time now that i've been able to work with you and it's been terrific so I know, thank you yeah you you definitely know these skills but a lot of people are um, wanting to write a book and they might not know how do i get started with interviewing what do i do and i mentioned earlier about reaching out to people through social media facebook instagram etc but then when you get that connected to that person, what do you say to them? And we talk about, in the workshop, we talk about making a list of questions that you have prepared for someone and things that are going to, like like what you do, John, thing, questions that will help someone tell their story. Asking questions is a lot like taking pictures. You always want to take 20 photos of the same thing because not all of them will turn out great. So you want to ask a lot of questions and then maybe one or two out of 10 questions, one or two will provide you with really great quotes 
So it's a matter of thinking about which questions to ask, and, and we talk about that in the in the class. Very good. I wanted to bring up another example, too, of a person who did a tremendous amount of research for her writing, and that person is Lauren Hillebrand. And if you, can't, you can't read the first chapter in that book without seeing that she did some serious, serious research, and that's what brought so much life to that horse and, and all the events that surrounded Seabiscuit. John, everything I've been trying to say since we started talking, you just summed up beautifully in that one person's name. Laura's name, and she's one of my greatest heroes, and definitely one of my greatest writing heroes, because you just nailed it. She is the the greatest example that I can think of, of putting this into action, having incredible results in getting someone's story out, and sharing it with others, being a cheerleader for someone's story, and she has a beautiful way of doing that through her research, the research that she's done. I want to encourage people to read her books if they're interested in writing a book because they will see what you said, that you it's in the details. It's, it's all about getting to really feel like you're there because of the details and like you know the people. I read her book about Louis Zamperini, Unbroken. Appreciate that. Well, thank you uh, I'm for, gonna... for making the podcast. It's been really great. We're lucky that it's out there because you connect us with really interesting people and your passion you. is apparent. And, you know, I, I love your style in communicating. So thank you. I was going to ask you, I had a question down to ask you, if you would tell me about some of the feedback that you've received from the last meal on the Titanic and how has that changed your life and your career? Uh, some of the feedback that I've received, you know, I, I have to tell you the thing that comes to my mind first when you ask that is the, the amazing people who love the Titanic and there's the stories, um, you know, so many of them, like I mentioned the Titanic book club earlier, there are groups on Facebook, um, and other groups outside of Facebook. They're so passionate and they read, you know, all the books that come out about, or as many books as they can that come out about the Titanic. And, uh, you know, what a neat thing to be part of that community for me. It's just been amazing. And the things that they've shared with me about things that they've learned about my book, through my book, excuse me, through my book, uh, I was, uh, one of the most moving things for me was when I presented a program at the uh, Ringling Mansion in uh, Baraboo, Wisconsin. And I used to vacation there as a boy when we lived in Rock Island, Illinois. You're kidding. Oh, my goodness. Baraboo in the Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really neat. Uh, well, the Ringling Mansion really embraces the Edwardian era. And so it's, a, a wonderful place to uh, celebrate the Titanic stories and people. And so we had a, a, an event there about a year and a half ago. And uh, for my talk, one of the staff, a, a volunteer, um, popped popcorn for Popcorn Dan. So, mm. you know, I think of all the uh, Amazon 
reviews and you know, there's a lot of great ones. There's a couple of, a couple ones that I, you know, was really disappointed to see. Um, but when you think of, you know, the feedback and the meaningful feedback that that was, that was really meaningful. It was to see that the story of Dan Coxon had resonated with someone so much that they made a bowl of popcorn for the event. And how simple is that? You know, it didn't cost mm-hmm. a lot of money, but it was just so meaningful. And so um, that's really the feedback that I count the most, I have to admit. Well, you've got an absolutely wonderful book. I have tried a few of those drink recipes and- uh, You have, good. They're very creative. And some of them uh, are quite good. I, I love that time period for cocktails, John, because it, it was a very contained era of, uh, especially right before Prohibition, it, it was such a um, time capsule. And so many of those wonderful recipes got lost in time with Prohibition. And one of my goals mm. was to do the research and bring those out again to share with people. and. I'm really happy. That's some of the best feedback I've gotten too from you just now that you've tried some of those cocktails. I just really hope that um, even with the topic as, you know, not it's not an uplifting topic to think about the Titanic and what those people went through. But even with that kind of topic, there's there can be joy in when you look at the foods and the drinks. Exactly right. Well, I want to thank you so much, Veronica. It's been a fascinating interview. Thanks for sharing everything that you've shared. How can people get in touch with you? And uh, please give us a path to your website and also to your book. Yeah, I would love to hear from people. If you want to provide feedback, ask questions, or learn more about the classes, or if you just want to uh, connect with me one-on-one, my email is in, you can connect to me through email through my website, which is my name.com, veronicahinky.com. And um, you can send me an email. I wanted to share with everyone that, um, you know, since the last year or so, so many organizations have been adjusting their pricing plans and their programs. Uh, we've gone through an incredible time together. We're still going through it. And uh, in lieu of that, with the workshops, I really want these workshops to be helpful to people more than anything. It's not about making the money. It's about helping people at a time when they need it most. And there are so many people in worse straits than they were in a year and a half ago. So Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with people individually on uh, what they can, what they want to accomplish, and um, thinking if someone has a need of some kind that um, they're not able to pay a full amount, um, I, I would like to hear from them about it, and we can work something out. Because um, even if we ended up having to do a workshop that, you know, there wasn't a full amount paid, I think it's the important thing in these workshops is to help people live their best life and to share stories with other people so that they can live their best life. So um, that's really, really what it's all about. It, it, you know, started out that way and it, it certainly is that way now. So um, please reach out and, and let me know if there's a 
um, topic that you want to tailor one of the classes around and we can do that. And your workshops, each one is three hours long. Is that correct? Yes. And, and, I, and I know they're loaded with skills building, uh, anecdotal advice, and encouragement. So yes, I do recommend it to everybody out there. And Veronica spells her name H-I-N-K-E. Yes. So that's important if you're trying to find that website, veronicahinkey.com, right? Yes, and my, my first name is spelled with a C, not a K. Thank you for sharing your time and your story. I appreciate it very much, and I know our listeners will enjoy it as well. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, John. Really happy to be here today.